0: Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. From our screens to your watch list. We gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host, Armand Haddad.
1: Hello, and welcome to Syndicate. I am your host, Armand Haddad, and welcome to episode two. This season, we are exploring the hidden gems of films, or films you probably passed over watching. Joining me in the studio today is Simone Salas. Simone, Hi. how are you doing?
2: I'm good, thank you.
1: Probably know Simone from his career from the Second City or his voice acting talents from Mobile Suit Gundam and Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> <laughs> or from his current project, 2343.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I did in life. I, I did the Italian voice acting for, uh, I, I can add weirder stuff if you want, Neon Genesis Evangelion <laughs> or The Hills, a show that was aired on MTV Italy. And I did waiter. That's a Waiter. Role. Yeah, stuff like that. You know, I was the guy that did, like had a cough and then died. And it's just like... Hey, that's you're still
1: an actor in my book. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me more about 2343.org.
2: Okay, yeah. For almost a decade, I worked in TV and radio in Europe, back in Italy. And most of it was political satire. And sometimes you gotta stay on the news and make jokes for something that happens 24 hours before and any later than that, that stuff dies. And I just wanted to have real conversations, not driven by having views or clicks or those kind of things. So I have a few guests from Pixar, from The Second City, from Google. Also, regular people, plenty of people from the improv and comedy, somebody from SNL. We just chat about what matters in life, what matters to you, what matters to me. And it's an honest chat about expectations, fears, yeah, and think, stuff like that.
1: I think that's what people really want is just long formats, genuine conversations, and not sound bites. Please head over to 2343.org. Mm-hmm. And now to the main subject of today, the Truman Show. What was your first impressions like when you saw the Truman Show for the first time?
2: I actually remember being fearful of it. Really? Uh, from the trailer a little bit because th- the first time I remember seeing the trailer when I was like 12 or so and just this idea of this man being on television all the time the Big Brother was still not a, even a thing as a reality show or as a TV show so it's just, it just gave me an idea of something bigger and greater than not just like the world but this constructed world it's like if if I saw a gigantic computer for some reason that is the picture I have in mind like a gigantic organized thing I remember just... Fear, and my first experience was in high school. They had us watch it, and I was really, really happy. We, I was also lucky; they made us watch a lot of good movies. My literature professor just decided that cinematography can be an art as much as painting and other classical arts. Oh yeah, and he and another professor decided, like, we're gonna take some time every week to watch a movie, and I'm gonna have in some movie critics and directors and we're going to dissect them, and we're going to talk about them. So we ended up watching most of Hitchcock, most of Chaplin, most of Kubrick in high school. Wow. And some stuff here and there. There was from Woody Allen, for example, The Purple Rose of Cairo or The Truman Show, which at the time wasn't that old. But one of the two liked it, and so we watched it, and I was really glad it stayed with me.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot to dissect with this movie, (laughs) like with the themes and so many allegory that it paints but before we get into that what we love to do at syndicate which is a 60 second elevator pitch oh boy okay so the main point of this show is to convince people why they should watch this movie and quite frankly this happens to me almost every day when i'm scrolling through netflix i can't find anything to watch or there's just too many options Mm -hmm. then i end up not watching anything
2: i yeah it happens with any uh streaming app just the existential void and the thumb keeps scrolling on the remote yeah
1: and you're never (laughs) satisfied so you are gonna have 60 seconds to give me an overview of the plot without major spoilers Mm. and are you ready
2: (laughs) okay i guess yes
1: (laughs) three two one
2: Okay, uh, if you like well-composed movies, like classic and very linear and easy to understand as a language, as a cinematographic language, and at the same time you like uh, a hero's journey, an ordinary hero's journey, uh, you should watch it. It is funny and serious at the same time because it's 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 a satire about society, about what we do, about this common character, Truman, against uh, a Deus Ex Machina, uh, Christoph, <laughs> if you want to. Thirty seconds. Um, and uh, you know, if if you like self liberation movies like The Matrix, for example, um, and well shot movies, and you want to see how Jim Carrey went insane from living in color and making farts and sketches to an existential nihilist, uh, watch the Truman show. It's a great, funny, terrible, tragic movie.
1: Wow. With ten <laughs> seconds to spare. Wow. That's a new record. <laughs>
2: yeah, you did a good job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> i earned a good grade
1: yes a plus so now let's get into the central theme of the movie okay so right in the first act we have a main character his name is truman sure and is directed by a man named christoph we don't right.
2: know his last name all right
1: it's just his first name
2: i mean we don't need it right it's christ yes
1: exactly he is the he is, is the christ is the figure christ. Mm-hmm. christoph christoph
2: and truman is true right
1: damn okay <laughs> So Christoph if you dissect his name Christ so he is like the God of this world and like many directors they're all a little bit gods because they're formatting their own world so Christoph takes it to the nth degree which is creating his literal own world yeah and by tricking a single man into believing that's his reality
2: right. I think that can be approached from multiple sides, but two that interest me particularly is one, besides Christoph Rohl and what he thinks of himself, you know Enker or not, is creating a world that looks like a utopia there's this perfect plastic utopia, and not just the world is of plastic, but people and relationships are, and so that is one side of the thing. And the other one is Truman's role in it. Truman is owned by a corporation, is adopted by a corporation. And corporations in our society are granted a legal person status. Oh yeah. The one thing they can't do is adopt a human being. <laughs> they can adopt other corporations, that's called like a subsidiary, like or a mm-hmm. holding. Yeah. But they can't adopt a human being. So in this case, this world is crafted for profit by a corporation. Using a human being. And Kristoff is just part of the mechanism that is moving there. He's not even the ultimate engine of this mechanism. But yes, it's this crafted world, how does it influence Truman? What I asked to myself is like, if I were born in something like that, how much can you notice the signals that show that you are immersed in that world? Because Truman lives in this reality show since he's born, until allegedly he dies or else. And he's born with commercial product placement around him that viewers see. So if Truman uses a cup or a brand of cereals, and awkwardly there will be his wife or friend who goes like... Ugh this is what I call beer. And and Mm -hmm. it's just like, (laughs) and that is normal to him because if you grew up with that, you do not pick up on those signals, at least not early on. Eventually he starts, right? And that drives him to insanity.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of hints that he notices throughout the entire movie. And then the first one, which comes in, I guess within the first 10 minutes, is a light falling down (laughs) from the sky. (laughs) Yes. They say
2: that a plane dropped something, but it's just a stage light.
1: Yeah, like those breaks in reality. I don't know what I would do. So the show has been running for Mm 10,910 days, which amounts to 30 years. So this man has been in a false reality his entire life. So yeah, he sees those cracks in reality and like Mm -hmm. I would be driven to insanity. It's like this is my world and then I see behind the curtain.
2: I think this is very important. You call this a false, fake reality, a fake world. Yeah. It is not to him. That's true. Like I'm dearly attached to the Matrix too, and I think these are substantially the same plot and the same movie. If you see a deja vu, that is not a weird signal of the world or an interruption of the Matrix. If you see a light fall, falling from the sky and you're like it's a satellite, well, I mean, how can you verify that? Even if you fell down now, unless it's like stage two, which you're used to, it you know you subconsciously might know that things are off, but more because they're off the routine actually than because they're in reference to a world that you do not know outside.
1: That's true. Like, all his days seemingly seem the same. There's a comfort in just having routine. Mm -hmm. Like, this is my ritual. I wake up, see my neighbors, Mm -hmm. tell them good morning, and if I don't see them, good afternoon, good evening. and Good night. Mm -hmm. And so then he goes about his day, goes to his work, and then he starts being unhappy with his work. Mm -hmm. And then all the cast members that he doesn't know are cast members... Mm -hmm are reassuring him like you have a great job. Like why would you why would you leave this place? Like, oh, it's very scary out there. Like there's so many subtle hints to keep Truman entrapped in yes. this seaside town.
2: So fear is the real cage.
1: Oh yeah. Fear is a big theme in this movie.
2: So fear is how Christoph controls his life. They stage the death of the father when he was a kid yep. in the sea. So he will be scared of the sea and of leaving this utopia.
1: Yeah, and you see that very early on where he goes to the dock to, I forget where, he has to go somewhere for work, and he sees the, the boat that's mm-hmm. been submerged, mm-hmm. and that, that triggers a flashback of when he was a child, and in that particular episode of the Truman Show, they go sailing, and his father seemingly drowns. And he's been traumatized of the water ever since. And it's a town that's surrounded by water, so he can't leave.
2: So fear is the tool that is used over and over and over again, especially with trauma, oh, yeah. to control him and keep him within the cage of that reality, again, for profit. And, but another important theme that contrasts fear, as in Aries here's journey um, in human life, it's probably love because the he truman falls in love with this person in high school this girl
1: sylvia sylvia
2: yeah um he falls in love with sylvia but sylvia actually falls in love with truman burbank the human that like it did she says instead of i love you she goes truman i need to tell you something everything is a lie yeah. <laughs> your life is a lie and so that is the true gift of love it's liberation and self-liberation and so much that these two things battle throughout the movie because she immediately everybody intervenes and was like get her out <laughs> yep get her off stage immediately she cannot be near Truman and the actor that was interpreting her father goes like well Truman she's crazy uh, we're moving forever where to and the actor improviser goes like uh, uh, Fiji <laughs> Fiji <laughs> and that stays with Truman going like one day I want to go to Fiji. <laughs> like that's... Yep. So that is the escape. Love, eventually, unplanned, improvised, real in-the-moment love that happens for the actress portraying Sylvia is the key to Truman's desire to get out of this cage of fear, and he wants to travel to Fiji. But fear holds him because he's scared to travel because his father died on a boat and he would need to take a boat. To then get on the plane to Fiji so there's intense uh, <laughs> it is intense uh, you have this guy outside playing out fabricated fear trying to constrain the only force that in this case in this movie this is one of the messages can get you out of this routine out of this comfort zone and take a risk that you would never take in life otherwise yeah isn't it comfortable to have a routine
1: Absolutely, because it's the familiarity.
2: Yeah, so you trade that. Mm -hmm. You trade that for this. Why aren't you and I right now wherever else in the world or doing anything but a 9-to-5 job? Exactly. Because we trade this kind of being adventurous or or anything else for not having to fight to get your own food in the wild every day.
1: Security. Uh, Yeah. You trade the call to adventure for comforts. Yeah, like, you can't have both. You can't have an adventure without risk. Like, adventures are never easy. They're never, you know, comforting. It's it's very tough. But with, with Truman particularly, initially, he's like, I want to go to Fiji. Like, he wants to break out of the, the mundane, the normality, mm-hmm. to go to, like, a faraway land to go on that great adventure. But then it's revealed very quickly, it's because of Sylvia. Mm-hmm. He found his love, mm-hmm. and... He wants, you know, like you said, that liberation in the form of a genuine relationship.
2: Yeah. And, you know, to find that eventually he has to defy the limits of the cage Mm -hmm. and uh, eventually you need to break out of your boundaries, regardless of the place or regardless of what is around you as society. You just Mm -hmm. have to understand it comes a time when you have to face who you became and the reasons why you became that. And for Truman, that is just growing up within a stage. And that's what destroys him. It is in a similar way... I think it was Plato's uh, myth of the cave. Yes, I was it, going to bring a... that up. Ah, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. From that's... the
1: Republic, chapter 7.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Republic, okay. But if you always lived as a man in a cave and you see the shadows coming from the outside projected on a wall... You are seeing a reflection of reality, but to you, that is reality. And to Mm -hmm. Truman, that means the characters. The characters around him are not his real friendship, but they are the reflection, the shadow of the real people portraying those characters outside. And he is literally in the cave. And eventually, he decides to step out, like pretty much how Plato said that if you step out, you actually gain knowledge of the truth. Which, again, in the analogy that I so much love with the Matrix would be going down the rabbit hole. Yeah, taking the red pill. You know, something that that also in the metaphorical imagery world of the Truman Show, there are lots of references, not just in the name of biblical characters, but also in the journey. Truman eventually gets to the border, to the limit of his reality. And he's going to have to face a choice. And he literally, I don't know if you noticed that there is this ending scene, which is particularly beautiful to me. He breaks the fourth wall. He breaks his cage with a boat. I didn't
1: think of it that way, but yeah, it's true. When he's sailing, he hits the wall of the dome and breaks through it.
2: Yeah, that's breaking the fourth wall, like with reality. And when he walks off the boat, the water is so shallow that he can walk on water.
1: Yeah, I noticed that.
2: So he walks on water literally. Also, this is where the sky and earth, water, meet. Okay. At the end of the world. And wow. that's that's also the creation of Christoph, right? hmm So that's 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 a beautiful image. That is this this freedom. And and I really don't want to spoil the final movements, but I am I love it. I love so much that the Truman show ends where Neo goes off to the rabbit hole and wakes up from the matrix right
1: it's very open-ended yeah there is a doorway but what happens after we don't know
2: Christoph tries to keep him in in Christoph's view the fabricated world is not less real than the outside world it's probably more fair to Truman than the outside world would be so much that at the end he goes like Truman there is no more truth out there then there is in the world that I created for you. You belong here. There is this love that Christoph has for his creation. That's how he sees him.
1: Yeah.
2: But that is not how the world works. Because even if we want to go on with creation myths, the world is created, but then it's left to both evil and good through the agency of free will. Yep. Which is what Christoph is not really giving to Truman.
1: Mm-hmm. And kind of like the garden of eden if you will like here's this perfect area and if you leave you know it's it's going to be wickedness and turmoil outside do you want to make that choice
2: jim carrey in his spiritual journey it's crucial to think that this movie and man on the moon broke his vision of the world as he was preparing for them and working on them after not doing anything for 10 years, he worked on a documentary. It is on Netflix. It's called Jim and Andy. It's yeah. just him explaining how interpreting Andy Kaufman, this comedian from the 60s and the 70s, mm-hmm. that it was ambiguous. He didn't see it as comedy. It was just disrupting the role of entertainment society. How trying to interpret him broke his vision of the world and made it understand. Like Jim Carrey now goes, at some point was just, and now I'm just trying to cope to deal with the fact that I don't exist and I still go through life every day. And that is, you know, wow. that that is not whatever you think of that. That is a guy who was going like, literally, like, hey, hey, <laughs> <laughs> like that every day. And it was like, my existence is mm-hmm. void and I am the void. That is um, quite the change that um, it started with the Truman Show. It started with like Jim Carrey seeing... I it, partially my guess but partially you go through these documentaries and you go like how much this kind of movie how much the preparation to interpret this role made Jim Carrey reflect about how our society and you know I don't think it's the same of course but it's very different yeah it is very different but it certainly ingrained something in his brain mm-hmm.
1: yeah I could totally see that happening like because when you take on a character you have to Really get that mindset Hmm. in your brain.
2: He does not break off of character. When he prepared for uh, Man on the Moon, when he prepared, like, he just goes 100% into it. And he was behaving with everybody outside of the stage as if he was Truman, as if he was Andy Kaufman.
1: Not enough credit is given to Jim Carrey. I
2: think it's great. He's totally insane. And he has been very good. He's a guy who went from incredible physical comedy skills to an Eddie Murphy level. Yeah. To doing something much different. And he did it great.
1: It takes a special actor to do comedy. Like, a lot of people can do, like, dramatic roles. But it takes a very specific skill set to do a comedy movie. And for... A lot of comedians, a lot of them transition to be dramatic actors because they have the ability they're great. to do that. Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, that's true. When Robin Williams. hmm Robin Williams. The director of the Truman Show is the same director of the Dead Poets Society.
1: Yeah, which is another favorite film of mine. It uh, is? Peter Weir yeah. is the director yeah. of Truman Show and So
2: he directed another comedic actor that transitioned into a serious dramatic role
1: yeah same with robin williams that was his first dramatic role Uh and that elevated his career to a whole nother level so
2: maybe it's this guy it's the director that can guide exceptional comedic talents too i don't know i'm just saying hey (laughs) peter if you're listening props to you he didn't do much else after that right
1: so let's talk about the outside world of the truman show Mm -hmm. so there's a few lines of dialogue which are very interesting. And mm-hmm. you can extrapolate a lot from them. Mm-hmm. So the narrator of the movie, the narrator of The Truman Show, mm-hmm. says, this is the largest set in the world. And I really looked at it because it's situated behind the Hollywood sign. It's like, okay, you don't really see the scale yet until it goes into like space view. Mm-hmm. And the, the size of the dome, mm. if you really measure it out, it's 10 miles. It's a 10-mile megastructure. And it's situated on Burbank the entire city of Burbank has been taken out and Burbank lives on in Truman's name because his last name
2: is Burbank. Yes. Truman Burbank. You're right. Yes.
1: (laughs) Like you you really don't notice it. It's like such a subtle detail, but it's like, there's so much to say. It's like, like would the city of Burbank be willing to give away all of its Mm. real estate for a television show? And it's like, What does that do for the Los Angeles economy to have this giant (laughs) facility? I assume it makes a lot of jobs because you're fabricating an entire town for a 24-hour TV show. So it makes you think like they use the term largest movie set, which means are there bigger structures? Who makes all these things? Like if it happened today, it'd be one of the largest human-made structures in human history. Right. Other than the Great Wall of China.
2: If you wrap it around, it could be the <laughs> the walls of that. Now, I don't know. I never thought it from the Martian point of view of colonizing <laughs> our alien. Uh, but it does raise a few interesting questions. Let's dive into the economics of that. Yeah. It's a 30-year-long show. So you need to distribute the price of that over 30 years.
1: And when it started, so let's say 30 years from 1998. So it happened at 1968. Well, yeah, exactly. So what was on TV? Leave it to Beaver, I Love Lucy.
2: Here is uh, when the economics start to make sense. Christoph has been trying to have Truman have a child. And the characters in his life push him to have this kid.
1: The first on-screen conception. That's what right. Christoph
2: has. and it would be a spin-off. There was a planned spin-off. So wow. Okay. in that case, you have two shows and they start to think like that could become a family thing. They could become like literally a parallel world. That is what they hint in the movie. So at that point, you can optimize and the cost of this megastructure over potentially a hundred years. You go through generations. And so that's when it starts to make more sense financially and everything is monetized in the show. We see shots of ladies in England sitting and like keep holding hands with each other that have a pillow with Truman's face on it. We see people in Japan. They're following the show and have all the kind of memorabilia around them in Japan. So this is a world phenomenon that is sold every minute of the day. So much in one of the cut scenes that you can find in the DVD. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Get the DVD there was this scene that was just this commercial of what you could buy yeah. out of the Truman Show. And it was just this narrator that went through the catalog. And it was just an Ikea shot of, like, the the Truman house. And he goes, like, this copy is only nine ninety nine on the Truman catalog. Order now at 800-555-5555. <laughs> and they were, like, item really? number 234. And then they moved on to a lamp. They're, like, item 235. This wonderful lamp Kudala just blah 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 99
1: see i'm disappointed i cut that out but also it's almost not needed because throughout the entire movie there are so many instances of commercialism like you said before ah, oh, great beer oh you know that lawnmower we should really get this model of lawnmower this, yeah. directly at the camera
2: that's weird right
1: i don't mind being advertised to i really don't <laughs> it's like if there's like a good food that you want me to eat sure i'll give it a shot when it's annoying when it's like so <laughs> invasive in like Truman's life, it's like his entire world is one giant commercial.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. And it's a giant commercial for you. You are the consumer. Everything is commodified. Paradoxically, like you know, the only commercials that Truman watches and sees are the ones for the people outside. They're not really trying to advertise anything to him. Mm-hmm. He's he's almost advertising free compared to the people who watch the show. <laughs> if you look, well, the Utopia City. If you look at it there's no big billboards in it there's only tiny posters where he gets pinned by two weird twins that work in insurance <laughs> when he turns the corner yeah and they show like a, a i don't know a chicken buy this chicken brand or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah there, he has no ads mostly except the ones needed for the people outside i wonder if he can buy those products
1: <laughs> like so let's go back to the mega structure. Because I have one more point. Burbank. Yes. In uh, World War II was the site for Lockheed. And Lockheed was responsible for creating experimental aircraft for the war efforts against, you know, the Axis powers in Europe. So, back to our previous point of how could they justify getting rid of an entire city of Burbank? Mm. What if in this alternate reality, Burbank was destroyed in the war? So... The real estate was completely gone, and they built a dome on top of the ruins of Burbank because it could have been possible that the you know the Japanese powers would have sent a missile or destroyed the city in some way. Yes, shape or form. and
2: what if it happened to other cities too?
1: Yeah, because the whole world seems very dystopic. Wow, who else would fund this giant propaganda piece for an ideal American town? Than the government. Who has the funding? Ah, dude, you're to... going
2: into conspiracies a lot. Yeah, here we go.
1: <laughs> Tinfoil hat is secured <laughs> on my head. No,
2: no, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, I'm following. I am I'm doing my best. Because think yeah. about it, it's like
1: the ideal perfect town of like 1950s America, white picket fence, like, oh, my wife is making me dinner today and let me go to work as an insurance salesman. Uh, like, it's this picture perfect view of American life. And when Truman is like, I want to go out and this and that, and his mother is like, why would you want to go outside of the town and be like the rest of America? Uh, Insinuating that the rest of America is not in a good state.
2: Not safe. Yeah, we go back to the fear concept, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I can play this game if you want, of the authoritarian dystopia outside of the dome of Truman, if we want. Although the way I saw it was more like advertisers gone wild. Yeah. The life of like that's how it happened. You saw it more like an exponential development of a product Kinda to the like use a- of everybody else. So it would have been more like, "What if? What? What if? There is this recurring theme of Steve Jobs, especially had it. What if Apple ran a town? There is this like corporate fantasy world. What if Apple built a city? What if Google built a city? Which is happening in Canada, in Toronto. Wait, really? There is an idea for a smart city, which is on the Toronto shore. Uh, there is a whole area which is being built with sensors and optimized by like algorithmic changes for traffic, for managing like side everything, trash, all of that. Um, it is A real super- Truman Show. Yeah, you were in, in this case. You were not selling your experience to other people watching the experience. We're selling the optimization of your personal experience to the greater good. But yes, to some extent, it's like you know, it answers the same question that you were, are asking. It's like what if for-profit corporation would run a city, a limited environment where people can live? And we can also partially see that um, I had a chance to visit in the past, like Facebook headquarters, and uh, it feels a bit like that. They have their own situation with like, everything is free. There is all free restaurants. There is free barbershop. There is the dentist. And it's all in between the buildings of, of this company. So... And there is a free arcade. Like when I was inside like when I visited like like, there is a free arcade. Like you go there and there is tons of machines just for fun to go during life. So, right. what if Truman definitely is a take on that idea, on the corporate town, on the corporate situation?
1: That's a more realistic outlook for the future than I would say the Jack Boot, Orwellian. The, the
2: city got destroyed and the, it's more of a the brave, government wanted to fund. Yeah, I mm-hmm. don't.
1: Brave new world where your pleasures ultimately right. control you. Why change anything if everything is given to me?
2: And if I'm okay with it. So that is the battle that Truman ultimately fights. Everything is perfect, except it is not. Because I did not decide to determine this future and this being for myself. I was imposed this. So do I trade comfort for free will?
1: Like he has the call to adventure. He refuses it and then Mm -hmm. he pursues it. To the point where it threatens his life and his well-being, mm-hmm. and in life, that's where character truly comes. Like outside of a narrative, character comes out of adversity. Like it doesn't come from getting everything you want. That's what it
2: is. Mm-hmm. Adversity. It's not just the adventure, but overcoming the obstacles and adversity. That's the key out to the hero journey. Yep. Coming back home. Coming back home is coming Ithaca. I'm struggling with English uh, translations of uh, that. But... The Iliad. Yes, is exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the same thing. The journey is overcoming the obstacles to come home to yourself. And home mm-hmm. is not necessarily a physical place, but it's, it's yourself. And that's what Truman does. It can be, for me or for you, it can be different. For some people, it's a struggle in health. For some people, it's a struggle in economy. For some, it's fighting off the insecurity that they have about something else. But Truman is overcoming the fear of leaving home, Going to Fiji, finding love, and finally breaking through that fourth wall that has been built for him. And once he overcomes that obstacle, we don't need to know what's outside. He already came home to himself. He decided at least to get on board with the journey. Yeah. And if he doesn't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.
1: Exit stage left. So to close the show, we like to do one good reason. If you were to give someone one reason to watch this movie, what would it be? It's a tough one.
2: I like to see Jim Carrey go around in a car in a roundabout about 20 times (laughs) and going like... Someone help me! I'm being spontaneous! <laughs> <laughs> that is the best part for me. Yeah. Just watching to see Jim Carrey go on around about 20 times with his wife screaming in the car. <laughs> his fake wife?
1: Yeah, that was, that was a fantastic scene. For me, the, the one reason is the spiritual journey, it makes you reevaluate your life Hmm. what part of my life needs to change
2: Mm -hmm. before i drive around in a roundabout 20 times yeah (laughs) even
1: though that's fun and i love doing donuts and eating donuts
2: oh that's how you call it yeah doing the donut yeah
1: we driving around in a circle it makes a donut
2: yeah he has about 20 donuts in that box oh
1: yeah more than a baker's dozen so that would be my reason but that's it for this time on syndicates we've been talking about the truman show by peter weir please check it out where it is available us at Syndicate, hope you enjoyed yourself. I'd like to thank my guest, Simone, for coming on the show. Thank you, Armand. You can find Simone on his podcast, 2343 or 2343.org. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, please add us at Syndicate on your favorite social media platform. That's C-I-N-E-D-I-C-A-T-E, Syndicate. If you have any questions about the program or even media that we recommend, please reach out at info at Until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. See ya!